Uh, maybe you're thinking out of the box. I like that there's a maybe As well, attached Luigi. to that. As well. <laughs> like, no, 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 but specific. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Kieran Verbruge. Hello. Adam Ryan. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. Welcome, dear friends. And Bianca Rose. Hello. How are we all today? Top notch. So Good. happy to be here. Tired. <laughs> so. Full range of emotions just there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how are gotta, you, Zach? Uh, how are you, mate? Look, I'm I'm a bit of a, a bit of a mixed bag. I'm tired, but I've got the week off, so I'm good. Um, as you know, not not sure if I said this last week or not on the podcast. Either Kieran or Bianca can confirm this, but I got a new PC. Did I mention this last week? I think I think so. I'm pretty sure I'm you did, f- but you should definitely mention it again. Just you know. In, <laughs> In case you didn't hear it last week, I got a new PC, so I've been playing with that, setting it up, getting it ready for all the work it's going to cop over the next few years. The listeners can tell Zach because they can't hear your fans in the background. I know. Yeah. I've got my fans. Um, it's just silent now. Yeah, it's very quiet. Eerie. Anyway, uh, so yeah, new computer's good, week off is good, I'm tired though, a bit like Karen. Not quite as tight as Karen. What uh, what have we all been getting up to, Adam? Wait, that's uh, you. Uh, there's two things I, I want to talk about. Firstly, Tazzy's been infected, somewhat. Oh, I love yep. this story. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that. But fucking <laughs> Noonan, right? Oh my god. If it was going to be anywhere, we knew it was going to come from around that area. Yeah, there was uh, one case of the old Rona that made its way down here from Victoria uh, from a a 15 year old kid. And he was in home isolation, which is all fine. Good on him. Done well. Uh, Yeah. Then he thought, fuck, I'd like a paddle pop. I'm just going to duck down to my local IGA with a couple of my mates, spend about half an hour out and about and then duck home again. So without a mask, you know, good on him. Yeah. Without a mask, naturally. Hmm. And yeah, good, good I shit. Just, look, the only way the story could be any worse. So look, let you know, worst headline will be Noonan responsible for Delta outbreak in Tassie. Could it have gotten any worse if the sneeze had spread to Ravenswood? Ravenswood responsible for Delta yeah. outbreak in Tasmania. Please go away. Mm. You gotta wonder like what makes someone just go, yeah, nah, fuck it. Oh, B fifteen um, out. Mm, yeah, but I don't think I was that much of a dickhead at fifteen. Like I was a dickhead. Yeah, but you but, weren't Noonan dickhead. Yeah, true. I was I was a Blackstone Heights dickhead. Exactly. Ah, oh, you were an upper class dickhead. I yeah, see. exactly. I don't need to go outside. Outside comes to me. <laughs> yeah. You're too shit. too busy sitting by the pool. Ooh. That's it, mate. <laughs> um, actually, didn't have a pool. Um, but the second thing is, Karen, you've got a confession to make. Um, I didn't forget uh-huh. this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're so, doing this, are we? We are doing this because I'm not letting this one slide. 
So after years, eternity of abuse for enjoying lime-flavored milk <laughs> drinks. Mm-hmm. I, there's uh, so we have a Slack channel and uh, in the podcast group there, Kieran's like, "Oh, Zach, did you say that you like lime milkshakes?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, okay. In that case, I apologize." Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, have I given you shit for it in the past? And you were like, yep. Uh, I love, that that's you, the moment you knew you were fucked. <laughs> you accidentally oh. had one. So not even by choice, which is even better. Because if you were offered it, you would have been like, nah. Pretty much. And, yeah, he, he slipped and fell into it. And, so I ordered, uh, I ordered my usual uh, lactose-free spearmint milkshake from the donut place down the road. And they delivered me a green-looking milkshake. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Spearmint milkshake. Drank it. And it was lime. But it was great. Oh, fuck yeah, it was. I was, <laughs> like, is lime. I was like, this doesn't taste right, but this is really good. Fucking lime. Was the first thing that flashed in your head, my face just... <laughs> with the <food>? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck oath. Come to the lime side, baby. That's where that's where all the fun's had. That's where all the tasty treats are, baby. I like lime other things, but not well, I didn't think I liked lime milk, but apparently <laughs> yeah. I do. See, lime is yeah. good on everything. Just think about something and lime goes with it. There's for something about food. citrus and dairy, man. I don't know. That's Us? a Yeah, that's a I feel the same way. Okay. Obviously I'm not gonna squeeze like a lime into milk. No, it's okay. Up. Hold, hold the, hold, hold on for a second. You said obviously, like it was obvious. That's not an obvious thing. We've seen and heard, heard, the milks that you've consumed. Mm, I wouldn't put true. it past you, mate. Actually, I, I might even give that a try. No, no, that's not what I was trying to get out of that. Fuck. All right. <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, so Karen's converted to the right side. But... Do you think if I squeezed a lot? No. <laughs> you gotta finish your sentence I about now. It. It's quite nah. acidic. Oh no, that don't. All right, we don't need that. Into it. Um, what have we all been playing this week? I know that we've got tons to cover for review and preview impressions, but what have we all been playing for leisure? What, uh, if anything, Karen? What you is leisure? No time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd tell you, but I don't know what the definition is. Nathan, you've been a bit quiet. You can kick us off. Yeah, so look, I've had a bit of time away from the video games and then jumped into a review, which we'll discuss later. But a couple of exciting developments. Well, one particular exciting development came by the announcement and simultaneous release of the Castlevania Advance Collection. I had been really hanging out for this after we saw the ratings board leaks in Australia, South Korea, and I thought, well, this just has to be around the corner because I felt a bit burnt by the Castlevania Classics collection. It just wasn't the same thing as that Symphony of the Night style of Castlevania. So now we have the Game Boy Advance collection released. I'm halfway through Circle of the Night and I'm just absolutely loving it. I cannot fault it because the issues that are there from the game being old are remedied by the quality of life improvements or little sort of emulation tricks in the remake. So the ability to rewind time with the press of a button when you're in like a really hard boss fight rather than have to get bummed back to 
a checkpoint, like a save point really far behind. Like just little things like that make it such a fun, smooth experience without curbing the challenge too much because it, it, the fight doesn't get any easier. You're just finding different, quicker ways to work around it and learn. So that's been a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to smashing out the rest of Symphony, of, uh, not Symphony, Circle of the Moon. And then I have started playing Judgment. I'd like to think that I should knock out about a, a Yakuza game once a hey. year. Yaku- Judgment starts a bit slow. Uh, am I yeah. alone in that? No. Okay. It's a different It's a different pace and tone to the what you'd probably used to from Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a lot more reserved with its, its silliness, which starts to creep in after the first couple of chapters, which I was glad. I was like, is there not going to be any kind of shenanigans whatsoever like the side quest in yakuza are so notable and unique but mm. there's a little bit of that i'm gonna keep pushing through because i think this is this might be my annual franchise i used to enjoy diving into a ubisoft checklist every year a couple of those i think i'm just happier to settle with yakuza it is a very fun familiar comfort food for me and and judgment also so i'll keep i'll keep pressing on i'm only about five hours in nice very nice um, Bianca, yeah. what have you been playing for leisure? Mm. Um, got him back onto the Stardew Valley train again because I've gone back to Deathloop, which is um, testing my patience only because of my own stupidity um, when it comes to ruining my own runs. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got something that's going to require a lot of brain work and something that is just going to be super, super chill. Um, but I plugged in like a couple of hours into Deathloop and like, um, like one sitting one night and made some really great progress. It just like, I think what I just love about it is just when you do progress, it just feels so rewarding. Um, and it makes me feel like really clever, um, which is <laughs> which is really good. And I'm just I'm still like laughing at some of the lines that Cole has. Like the writing is just so so good. Um, so yeah, Deathloop um, played more Code Veronica on stream on Monday night. Um, don't think I got too far, but oh my god, now the voice acting and that and some of the lines are just oh I don't know. I felt like I was laughing. Like this is probably the most I've laughed. At any Resident Evil game, and I'm still like, and I know Zach's probably like, oh, but it's Resident Evil, but like, I need, I still don't know why people love Code Veronica so much, because like the actual, the actual, the actual gameplay itself is like fine, it's like you know, but the like, there's so many different like characters all of a sudden, and it's uh, the music is still really great, but I don't know, it's it's not a standout for me. I'm putting it really really close to the scale where. Resident Evil 6 is, but I don't know if it's bad enough for me to say that it's the worst one. Um, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I just need to finish it. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry? What would you say? I was just going to say, hey, Zach, did you play Code Veronica when it first came out? Or Code Veronica X? I played it on... Yes. Yes. I'm trying to... On PS2. It is yeah. Best yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. X on PS2 as well. I played oh. it round about the time it came out and I was a bit lukewarm on it. I was a bit mixed bag. Like, I didn't dislike it, but like Bianca, even then I didn't really see what the hype was about. Mm. I quite like it. I haven't, I've not played it for a long, long time, so it probably hasn't aged well. Um, but yeah, the that's one big thing that the newer, like the remakes and even Village and 7 has changed um, is 
the writing and like oh, yeah. the voice acting. Um, oh, the voice acting in it's Code so Veronica. Better. It's so um, comical. Oh all those older ones are just just comical as fuck. Like it's almost like Bold and the Beautiful-esque at some points and I'm like, oh, my God, Claire, like why did they do you so dirty like that? Like it's just, <laughs> oh, it's, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to finish it before I decide whether I like it or not. But, um, yeah, Deathloop, Code Veronica, Stargy Valley, and I, th- I, th- I think that's about it amongst other things. Nice. Finishing Code Veronica will be a good effort. <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah. It is an effort, <laughs> just in general at the moment. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad you're playing more Deathloop because I, it's, that's one game that I actually, on this week off, I, w- I wanted to jump back into. I just haven't had any time, so I'm glad someone's buying time for it here i'm looking forward um, to getting a long weekend out on it or something i haven't touched it yet mr ryan talk to us Hello. what have you been playing as far as video games are concerned not a great deal i think the main one that i've been smashing out lately outside of uno because that's become a, a bit of a staple uh has been hot wheels unleashed and that game is such a fun time it's frustrating in a lot of ways but frustrating in kind of a fun way if you're playing with mates like i played with um four friends of mine and it's just chaos it really is so chaotic in in all the best ways and it's not that it it's it's unforgiving which i wasn't expecting like there's i'm, I'm used to like the rubber banding of mario kart like, you fall behind, you can be in 12th, and you're like, that's fine, I'll win. We'll, we'll have no issues. Yeah, Hot Wheels is, is not like that. You fuck up a, a loop, you you might be done for the, the whole race. But it's, yeah, it is a really, really fun old time. All right, so I've got to jump in mm. just just before you move on to the next title uh, or the next game that you've played. But so Hot Wheels, you said it's frustrating. Um, yep. Do you think that that, because um, Kieran and I are Wait, was Kieran on the podcast when we spoke about it? Yeah, you were. Um, yeah, do you think it's a bit harsh? Because we found that it's a little bit bullshit is probably, probably the best word. Yeah, look, it's... So when, when I was playing it with mates, it was if someone went off the track or completely bundled it, it was usually due to someone else. Like the, you had a collision and you were, you were both totaled. So there were two people kind of lagging behind. But mm. in the odd chance that it was, say, I just went careening off of, uh, off of a stage and I needed to reset, yeah, no, it does feel a bit unfair because then you're kind of lagging behind and everyone else is enjoying things. And especially if you're on a voice chat, like you can hear, you know, your friends talk about a, a fire-breathing dragon and you're just kind of cruising around a corner way, way, way behind them. So, yeah, it it does feel a little bit too punishing, I think especially for maybe the, the, the demographic they're going for. But in, in, in full, I'm really, really, really loving it. And the car models, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I know we've spoken about it before, but holy good. shit. And, like, after the race, yeah, you beautiful. can see all the little scuffs. Like, you've, yeah. you've been outside and you've just been chucking your cars around on the, on the gravel. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, game's very, very cool. All right, two quickfire questions. Do you feel like the tracks are somewhat repetitive or do they feel a little bit repetitive? Absolutely. I think that's unfortunate because they're, they're whimsical in a way because they're just like the, the click clack put together tracks that you actually get in real life. But 
then that kind of, yeah, it does feel very samey because you're just seeing orange and orange and blue plastic everywhere. So yeah, it does. And especially considering there's only like what, six, five or six locations as well. Mm. So that probably doesn't help. Yeah. So that was the main thing uh, uh, that I thought with, with that. And the second thing, um, the, the track builder, have you played with that? Nah, look, I'll be honest. I'm shit at everything when it comes to do with creating your own. I'll, I'll dip into other people like key, um, asked me if there were any tracks from like the old PS2 Hot Wheel game, Hot Wheels game that she had played. And I was like, ah, I don't think there are any in the actual game, but no doubt some creative person has gone through and recreated every fucking course from the game. So I'm glad that it's there, but I'm, yeah, there's no chance I'm touching that. Yeah, fair. Fair call. Um, what else have you been playing? There's one other game that I have been playing, and it's not a recent release by any stretch of the imagination. I've been playing uh, a bit of Time Splitters 3, a bit of Future Perfect. Ooh, actually, mm-hmm. I, okay. I forgot this. So the, the Zack Daddy himself sent that in the old snail mail over to me, and I had never played it. I've play, I played through one, really liked it, played through two, probably one of my favorite games ever never actually managed to get three and I was definitely missing out. Like if I played this back when I was a kid, I would have lost my fucking mind. Like it is excellent and I'm still having an absolute baller of a time with it. Like obviously first person shooters from that era have aged quite a bit. Um, but, ah, what a good time. I love all the cheesy dialogue. I love all of the dumb shit characters. And yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast. So very, very quick one for you. Now that you've gone back and played, because that would be the first time you've played one of those games for a while, yeah? Yeah, it's been a long while, yeah. Has it changed your uh, wish, uh, wish list for what a new Time Splitters is? Or like, um, you want, sorry. Certain things, um, but the core of it, like just the core fun arcade gameplay, nah. Not at all. I just want more of that ridiculous, over-the-top stupidity. Hook it right into my veins. Please and thank nice. you. Nice. Kieran, now that you've been flat out with reviews, you probably haven't been playing anything that's for fun. You don't have fun. Nope. Do I don't have fun anymore. <laughs> uh, rip. Uh, well, I've got a few things to talk about. Um, forgot the first one already, so that's a good start. Uh, I actually downloaded a couple demos off the Steam uh, NextFest. Uh, and in particular, I had a little bit of a trawl through what was on offer for Melbourne in- International Games Week. Um, so I checked out a couple of the demos there. There's a new Wayward Strand Devil, uh, Devil demo um, that I played. Uh, sorry, that I went to play, but it's the, it's the same. It starts off the same as the other demo. So I haven't, uh, I closed that one and went to something different but i will give that a crack later this week uh, i checked out a game called beyond the veil has anyone heard of this game before name rings can't say that i have it's like a it's like a text-based yeah i'll read the little blurb too beyond the veil is a text-based horror game with a focus on character-driven storytelling drawing on the rich history of new orleans the choices you make will not only alter the story but also the personality of the protagonist 
Um, you get a very, very, very brief look at, at this game. It's done by a studio called Suns, Suns Shadow Studios. I think they're Melbourne from memory, uh, Melbourne based from memory. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's got some very cool like illustrations and stuff. It, it's the demo is like 10 minutes long, if that, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm keen to see, I'm not normally a massive fan of text-based games. I'd prefer to read a book, um, as weird as that probably sounds. Um, but yeah, it is like a, so it will have like, you know, there'll, there'll be like dialogue and then you would get to choose, um, some options here and there, um, for some of the, um, some of the dialogue. So that, that's pretty cool. I also checked out a game called, uh, the Last Stand Aftermath, I think is what it's called. I'm just jumping quickly back to the library here. Yeah, The Last Stand Aftermath, which is by uh, Con Artist Games, um, and who I think are also Melbourne, maybe. Um, but yeah, so this is from the creators of The Last Stand, uh, Union City and Dead Zone, comes an all-new single-player roguelite action-adventure. After you become infected by the zombie virus, you set out to explore the post-apocalypse and find and find hope for your fellow survivors. You can still make a difference, just don't give up. Um, this is very cool. I didn't really expect to um, like this as much as I did. Uh, it's like an isometric, yeah, like roguelite, post-apocalyptic survival game. Um, it's kind of like uh, Dead Static Drive. Um, a little bit, but just without the the mad vehicle uh, gameplay. Um, I played, yeah, played for about half an hour of that. I died both times. Uh, it's actually, it gets pretty difficult. I got overrun twice by zombies. So yeah, it's kind of like, I want to say like Days Gone, slash like the last was like, you know, a typical zombie sort of game. Um, I reckon most people here would probably dig it. It was, it was a lot better than what I was expecting. Um, it sounds cool. Text-based doesn't usually grab my attention, but it no, definitely... Ah, right. Sorry. I thought I was going to say that. No, uh, no, this uh, is the, this is the last stand aftermath. Oh yeah. 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 No, I, um, I spotted that. I spotted that in a store today. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, I also checked out no other games from that thing. I've only got, I've downloaded a couple more, but I also, uh, downloaded the demo for, uh, Martha is dead, which is, I think we've spoken about it briefly on here before. Okay. Cause it's a game that I'm pretty keen for this year. Um, it explores some pretty, pretty grim and dark, uh, themes. It's set, uh, in 1944 in Italy and it's a dark first person psychological thriller, um, that blurs lines between reality superstition and the tragedy of war. Um, there's a big twist. Well, I guess it's a big twist, but it happens sort of right at, at the start. Um, I predicted it. I reckon most people probably will, but it's pretty cool so far. I've, I've only played about 15, 20 minutes of it because I don't want to play too much. I'd rather sort of wait for the actual game to come out, but that's, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And I've also, oh no, the games we will talk about later. That's what I've been playing. You've had a you've had a varied week, mate. Mm. Well, I mean, those t- demos are like an hour combined. That's so. cool, though. You get like a little taster of a a few different genres. I like That's that, it, mate. I just uh, you know I can only eat from the entree menu. <laughs> so, all right. 
Um, let's talk the reviews because there's shitloads to talk about. So we'll save the big one for last, which is one that we can all talk about, and we'll maybe we'll quickly go through some of the other ones. Nathan, do you actually know how? Karen, you you got a lot to talk about. Do you want to sort of start off and then have a break and go again? Uh, yeah, sure. I can kick us off. Um, I uh, yeah, I've got a little bit to talk about, but I'll um I'll talk about the one that's kind of its own thing first, I guess. Um, and that is Far Cry 6, which I have had the pleasure of playing through. Um, this is probably the, the game that I was kind of most hesitant about in this sort of tail end of the year. Um, cause I hated, well, not hated, but I really didn't like Far Cry 5 yeah. and I never finished it for that fact. Um, and four was kind of, eh, but three still holds a special place for me, which I, I bet it does for most people. Um, this is better than Far Cry three in my opinion. Whoa. 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 Uh, maybe, that out. maybe not as memorable or nostalgic, but, um, as a game, uh, yeah, I've, I've thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I kind of like went in with the expectation that uh, Ubisoft would be Ubisoft and the whole like, you know, dictator and revolution kind of story set in this like fictional, uh, you know, Caribbean island kind of thing would kind of fall flat in terms of, you know, politics and themes and stuff. And it, it does. It's, it's very kind of broad strokes, but it works. It, it, it knows it. Um, and it uses that as leverage to kind of get away with also just being super, super goofy. Um, and I, that, that, that's the side of it that I, I guess, even though they've advertised plenty of, you know, dogs on wheels and ridiculous guns with Macarena CDs in them, like I wasn't expecting it to be as lighthearted and, and kind of over the top as it is most of the time. So, um, that was, that was cool going in and, and sort of coming to that realization. It's also just incredibly fun. Like the Far Cry gunplay has always been good. Um, and they've added kind of the modern Assassin's Creed RPG light elements on top where things have levels and you can modify your gear and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, rather than like taking away from the Far Cry gunplay that everyone's used to, it kind of just augments it and gives you a chance to explore different play styles. Um, which is very cool. I found normally like I go the stealthy route in Far Cry games when I'm like infiltrating a base or whatever, but given the amount of options on hand, uh, and the amount of cool gear you can get and uh, cool Supremo uh, backpacks, which are like your cool over the top, like rocket launchers and stuff. Um, I, I found going loud to be a valid option for me, which is, which was fun. It was a bit different. Um, but yeah, the world is super, super cool. It's massive for one, which isn't always a good thing, but they've done the smart thing and they've made it interesting in almost every square inch of the map. Um, it's not like packed with, content and, and boxes to check it's all, all kind of very organic but the actual like island the actual country itself uh in terms of verticality and you know cool little secret coves and stuff to find it's it's very it's a very very interesting map which is uh very good but yeah i have two quick questions for Shoot. you uh one there at least in the trailers now admittedly i haven't looked all that deeply into this, but there seems to be like, there was going to be more of like a, a Metro area, like a, a more built up city. So yeah. Within um, the map. Is that, 
is that the case slash I'm, how does that fit in because that's I'm not glad really you I'm glad you asked done. that because yeah that's one of the um, I guess the big shakeups in the formula is that you like Yara the the country that it's set in is um, like very populated um, so you've got like civilians you've got like yeah there's like a city there's a bunch of different smaller towns um, so you know you get a, a lot of uh, a lot of time to just kind of walk through like yeah town streets and city streets and uh, you can holster your weapon for one, um, and that means you can kind of walk by enemy soldiers and stuff, and they won't harass you because you're not doing anything. You're not pointing a gun at their face. Um, That's cool. So yeah, there's, it's it's really cool. It's it definitely it's, it, it creates a different vibe, something you wouldn't normally get in in a Far Cry game where normally like everything is dangerous. Yeah. Um, it does it whereas, does it make it feel like an actual like an actual place? Because I know a lot yeah. of the Far Cry like. They're, they're big on making this open world where you can just go and blow the shit out of everything. But yeah, it sounds like it might be more, yeah, so feel like an actual lived-in area. Yeah, yeah, like older, older Far Cry like worlds felt very abstracted from reality, whereas this feels like a simulation of, of an open world. That's cool. I like yeah. that. My follow-up question is Villain. How how does how does he how does he stack up? Because that's a another big another big staple of the Far Cry series. So how does so, that boy go? It's hit on oh no, it's it's like it's good. Uh uh Anton Castillo, like the yeah, the main villain. Um obviously Giancarlo Esposito plays him perfectly. Um he's very, very well acted in that way. Uh it's still got that classic Far Cry trait of kind of showing you him at the beginning um, and then kind of you don't see him for a little while until you've done enough other stuff and then he sort of turns up again. He doesn't really have that like constant presence that they've been yeah. chasing since, you know, Vaz in, in Far Cry 3. Um, but he's definitely in it a lot more than the previous few villains. And one of the reasons for that is that you no longer experience the entire game in like first person cutscenes, there's lots and lots of cutscenes that cut away to different areas. Um, and because oh, you have okay. like a, because you have a pre-written main character in Danny who can, you know, you can choose either female or male, but they have, you know, heaps and heaps of dialogue and, and scripted lines and stuff. So like cutscenes are actual cutscenes this time around. Um, so that actually makes like quite a bit of difference as well. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so I've actually been playing this as well. Uh, you sure I have. I've not played as much as Kieran. I've played maybe four to five hours, maybe. Um, but it's, yeah, it's super fun. I think you are definitely right when you say that just the gameplay formula that they have is for fun. And this, this, this world is gorgeous. It's, it's massive and it's not, it's not bloated. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's full of shit. Like I reckon, yeah, I think I've said that Far Cry 5 is probably my most regretted review score because so i gave it a five but i fucking love that you game. gave it a nine mate oh sorry a nine sorry so I was <laughs> about five, five. you gave a five to five um, nine. um yeah but i really loved uh those villains anyway uh but this just shits on it absolutely shits all over it um in terms of everything that's so Cause funny because like, you know, i've gone from being not keen on it at all to then i really want to play it all of a sudden Get around it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. And it's in co-op, which we didn't get a chance to test out, Ooh, unfortunately. Nice. We did not. No. But we'll have um, to. We'll have to do it. 
Uh, I've not got the little sausage dog yet, so... No chorizo. Um, so, funny you say that. That's probably, out of everything in the game, the most disappointing part is the Amigos. Because um, they're super cool. Like, chorizo is great. Uh, guapo is great. The crocodile. Um, the rooster is just, you know... They're, they're like... It, it's that goofy side again, and it works really well, but they're pretty useless in gameplay. What they're do they, what are they actually, what are they meant they to just, do? They follow you around and they'll just occasionally like go after enemies um, and you can kind of command them and, you know, you, you can use them to distract enemies and stuff because they'll kind of focus on them. But like, they're a bit annoying. Especially, they're kind of annoying. And especially like, because I play stealthy, I never quite figured out uh, if they alert enemies and stuff. So I just kind of never use them. Well, yeah, yeah so, th- so this is the thing that I noticed is that you try to sneak up on a base and I'll make Croc all bloody sneak his way in. He'll see a, like a guard. So the guard will like go, he'll like walk back, you know, because he'll see the Croc, but it won't trigger that you're there. Yeah, um, it doesn't It doesn't alert them that you're there, but like it alerts them that the Croc's there and then like yeah. stuff starts so, happening. It's just like yeah, a nuisance. So, yeah, so like they like move around and it's just like, and then fucking a tank will blow up and the croc dies and you're like, I should go revive him because I love animals, but also you did you know, you did this to yourself, mate. Like <laughs> also I can't go in there, I'm just gonna get chopped down by a bullet, so but yeah. um just quickly, uh, you mentioned in your review that there is some uh Street Fighter esque uh mini games. There is a Street Fighter esque mini game. Uh, where you have like a like a full on like character selection screen of all these characters, and you kind of collect them from different parts of the map so that you can use them in the game. And it's like you know side scrolling fighting game uh, that you can play in one of the camps. Uh, but it's cockfighting, so all the characters are different roosters <laughs> with their own like personalities and traits. And, and yep. Well, that's pretty fucking great, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of it's funny there's like so like it's a classic like far cry uh sort of structure where you know there's different regions of the map and you have to kind of fulfill objectives for the the groups in that region to sort of bring them to your cause and then you go after the big bad um so you know like like every far cry game there's like you know a central kind of character or a couple of characters in each region that has like is the mission givers and stuff um and the cockfighting is in like the the Monteros region, and they're kind of just like these, uh, you know, brawling, hunting, badass dudes. Um, but then, like, one of the other factions in one of the other regions, they're called the Legends, and they're like an old band of uh, guerrillas that, like, took down the last president in, like, the past. So they're all, like, kind of just these old grizzled war veteran type people. And their, their minigame, instead of cockfighting, is just playing dominoes. <laughs> like just straight up like dominoes that's um, great so i spent like i spent like a couple of hours just playing dominoes against these old people <laughs> i like um, that all right, i got one last question before we move on because we got shows yep. to talk about uh i'm gonna have a guess and say you played as a female i did i played as the male how'd you find the voice acting uh really good yes, how was yours actually, okay yeah, cool. good actually yeah i thought um even like the characters within the world uh like just the the voice acting all around is yeah like it's all really good and it's uh i don't know what, what the right word is but it's it's pre- it's predictable in its tone um yeah. but it but it works like it's it's really good how they've done it all uh what was the score that you gave it 
I gave it a nine. It's the same as Far Cry 5. <laughs> yeah, but this one deserved it. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, these these uh, PCs don't don't buy themselves, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, just for the record, I, I didn't take money for Far Cry 5. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Adam, you're up. No, Nathan, sorry. Sure? Okay. We're going to talk about Astria Ascending. So Astria Ascending, for anyone that saw the game when it was announced, I can't remember if it was at an Xbox showcase or a, or a Nintendo Direct now, but if you've seen any of the trailers, this is a game that comes with a, a, a hand-drawn, I guess, storybook flair presented in a 2D world that, as Kieran's pointed out on a previous podcast a few weeks back, looks heavily Vanillaware inspired, and it totally is. You know, if you've played, as I've mentioned in the review, anything from... Uh, Odin Sphere through to thir- 13 Sentinels or whatever that last one was, uh, which I really enjoyed. It, this is very much on par with that. And it's a very detailed landscape that they give us in 2D. A lot of weather uh, effects. Every all the, ca- all the characters, minor, major, in, in between, are all lovingly detailed and really cool. Although you will have to excuse the fact that our characters are very exaggerated in their design so expect as i said uh, in my review right from the start these are the thickest of thighs that you will see absolutely scrumptious chunky thighs and <laughs> we're talking i'm gonna wastes. forget you describe them like that but i'm i'm excited you're in though aren't you yeah, yeah so i've yeah. got your attention <laughs> um but but you know these are these are silly proportions very exaggerated very cartoony but i think it gets away with it but aside from what is a overall terrific presentation, a very inviting um, art design, and a brilliant soundtrack by Final Fantasy's Satoshi Sakamoto, which is is also composed soundtrack of many games I've enjoyed. I think like Tactics Ogre, maybe some Final Fantasy Tactics. The moment I heard the soundtrack in this game, I was in. I was like, "I this is instantly recognisable for me. I immediately went to Final Fantasy XII, only to find out as I was writing the review that it is the same composer. So I was absolutely chuffed. And that's the all the good shit I can say about the game because everything else stinks. It is not a fun game to play. I really didn't like it. It's the, it's the old school JRPG to a fault. So if you've played... And I did. I used. To, I played the Final Fantasy one and two remakes on Game Boy Advance. This is kind of what that felt like. Like we're talking super old school. The game doesn't really, isn't interested in giving you any information to inform your decisions as a strategic player. Because turn-based JRPG is usually pretty strategic. You're planning how you're going. Like you, you get familiar with the enemies and what their weaknesses and strengths are. So you come in, you plan. Am I going to buff my teammates? Am I going to exploit weaknesses? But to make it ever so impossible, the game removes a very crucial element of all modern JRPGs, the turn indicator. It's gone. Like, the game has no interest in telling you anything of what's going on. So, you're constantly on the react- reactive, and it is. It, I think the game just treats you a bit dumb as a player. It just expects you to constantly enjoy gotcha moments. So, every time you enter a boss fight, expect your whole party to die on the second round, because you're not going to know when your turn order is, and you're not going to know what characters need to line up, what attacks and abilities when. It's always a guessing game. Okay, and just th- just quickly, how can how can yeah. it be a strategy game if you can't 
actively plan out what you're going to do before you do it. That makes no sense to me. Exactly. Yeah. And so you're effectively playing blind. Like you're playing half a JRPG. It looks like a JRPG without any of the actual mechanics working Uh, like a JRPG. So it's, it's all the frustration and grind of the old school games wrapped up in this very attractive package that's just not enjoyable to play. So it's another 40 hour package and playing this on the back of Tales of Arise, which was again another 40 hour romp, I'm JRPG'd out. I don't <laughs> have any enthusiasm left for the genre right now. I went from such a, such a glorious high to such a very lukewarm average low. Like it's not a bad game. Those that enjoy Octopath and Bravely Default, I think are going to dig this. Same aesthetic, brilliant soundtrack, characters as simple as shit. But they're going to dig this, I think. So this is for them, and this is great Game Pass fodder, and it is a Game Pass launch title. So I, I hate to think that that's becoming a bit of a stereotype, but I think this reinforces it a little bit. Great distraction. Probably not going to recommend you go out and get it at full RRP unless you, 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 you've got 40 hours to, to just shred absolutely bored. Awesome, Aww. awesome. What... Um... What score did you give it? Oh, look, I'll be honest. I gave it a six. I wanted to give it lower, but it didn't feel fair because there has been so much love poured into the visual appeal of this game. It's phenomenal, but it's a game that's form over function. The gameplay under the hood was just not fun. So it's a shame. Definitely, mm. If you can watch it and watch it on fast forward, that's. I think that's the best experience for this game. <laughs> So that's um that little bit at the end that reminds me of something that Kieran and I have played in the last week and a bit. Um, that is away the survival series which Bianca reviewed for us mm. last week. Um, we're talking we about back. games. Sorry, if we're talking about games that we wish we reviewed a little lower. That's probably <laughs> that's only that's only my second review. But after, yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, well, we got our Kickstarter codes and that game runs like ass it is average but you played on pc didn't you yeah i did yeah and you're 100 percent right that jumping mechanic is fucked i was really curious to see what you guys were going to say about it playing on console because it was i i was torn and obviously it this is i'm not trying to like make excuses but this was only my second review and i just i i i didn't want to I was like, am I being too awful because i i'm going to be real with you because i didn't say in the review, review it got to a point where I was trying to do some like jumping across branches and I was like swearing my head off at some points. Mm. I, oh my, <laughs> my poor partner's in the other room going, what are you playing? And I'm just like, just stop, like stop talking. I like, I just need the sugar glider to just not fall into the river again. Um, that, that section where you like, you ride the like deer in and then you have to like go across all the trees. Don't, don't bring it up again. I... It's just. <laughs> no. Nah. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, that's, but but, that's but your that's your cat was in it. My cat was in it. Yeah, Bernie made an appearance, so that counts for something. Yeah. Yeah, and he that saw does. me play the game, and he was like, "Take my image out of this shit." <laughs> 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 I finally oh, remember no. Kieran saying he didn't regret a cent of it. Yes, you did too. I don't regret now? a cent of it. No, no, they 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 you know had ambition yeah. to make a game, and then they made it. Good on them. I think it's still a really beautiful looking game and being like their like debut, I guess, 
title as well. Like I think what they did they should be really proud of and it still had a really cute little story and then I but yeah, I just you know, I again I I think I once I heard from Zach, he was like <laughs> I think he sent me a message and you were like I it was I think it was the day after I put up the review and you were like, This is like <laughs> you're like, this is awful and I was like mm. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I think I played for about half an hour I was like this is fucking trash um, they released it a little early I think there was a lot of a lot of refining that had to be done in terms of the like we I think Zach and I might have discussed it a little bit with each other or even while I was writing my review but it's just it you know having the jumping and gliding mechanic be such an integral part of the game and for that to be, like, its weakest point was just, like, oh, God, it just it breaks my heart. Because <laughs> the presentation is actually really good. Like, mm. The way it's the way that, like, that documentary-style um, experience that you have is is really good and the guy who voices it, you know, is excellent and, and the music is excellent and even, like, the lighting and stuff is, mm. is great, but... To, but it's just not fun to play, which is the main part of of the game, which kind of sucks. Anyway, um, less on away and more on Kieran Verbruges' Week from Hell. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy. It's been a time. Very busy. Um, but it's been a good kind of busy because the other thing that I've been doing, other than chucking serious hours into Far Cry 6... Uh, is I have been playing Metroid Dread. Mm. Um, I have been playing Metroid Dread on the new Nintendo Switch OLED model, no less. Um, so it's a bit of a, a bit of a two header of Nintendo uh, this week. But let's um, let's talk Metroid. I played the first, well, like maybe like Super Metroid onwards up until um, Metroid Fusion. And I haven't touched the series since. So I've kind of been off the wagon for a good, like, 15 years. Is that how long it's been? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, but I'm I'm back on the wagon, baby. Uh, Metro Dread is super, super slick. Um, it's everything that you would come to expect from a Metroid game. Um, but with just, like... I mean, I, it's, I guess it's, it's part and parcel with the series, but... The, the progression and the power climb in this game is just chef's kiss beautiful. Um, I've never just like sat and played a game for eight hours and not slept since I was like in my early 20s. But I did that with this game because it just like it just had its hooks in me. Um, it doesn't yeah, like it doesn't stray too far from like the formula that it's, that it's had the whole time, but it just it just pulls it off so well. Um and the, uh, the, I guess the new kind of core gimmick, which is the, the Emmys, these, these robots that I won't talk about the story too much cause it's kind of cool. And I guess if you're a Metroid fan, you kind of want to go in blind and just experience it. Um, but Samus is on this planet called ZDR and she's underground and, uh, each of the, each of the areas in this, in this underground is kind of stalked by an Emmy, which are these robots that were originally sent there to eradicate a problem but they've just since decided to turn bad and they're super territorial and they'll hunt you down as soon as you're in your area and you have no defenses against them. You can't hurt them, uh, initially at least, um, and they will, as soon as you touch them, you're dead, basically. 
so it turns into this like cat and mouse game. Uh, thankfully, it's not in every area of the map. Like you've still got plenty of plenty of space to just explore and and find secrets and stuff. But when you're in their zones, like you've you've just got to leg it. You've got to book it. You've got to figure out how to sort of turn them around and use the environment and just you know get out of your way. Um, you eventually get like a cloaking upgrade, so you have a limited amount of like invisibility to use as well, which is cool. Um, but yeah, they they make like they make for a very a very very different tone and i guess it's in the name metroid dread you know there's so many areas in this game where you just have this like sense of foreboding and the music is amazing at sort of creating that and the visuals are amazing at creating that um so yeah super super cool um it's like 10 to 12 hours so you know sort of standard metroid length um i think the only real issue i have with it or a, a couple of issues. Um, one is it's super, super old school to a fault. So it's very challenging at times. There's no accessibility or difficulty options to speak of. The save system is very archaic. If you don't go to a save room and you spend two hours exploring and you die, like, tough luck. Um, so I feel like that limits its appeal. Like, I know Metroid fans kind of know what to expect. Um, but it would have been nice, especially, you know, Nintendo being Nintendo, if they kind of had given it some sort of, you know, broadening appeal, um, made some concessions somewhere, or at least had the option. Um, and then the other, the other sticking point is the price, which I don't like talking about games in terms of price point and, you know, quality and dollar versus hour or any of that stuff. I know we've had this discussion plenty in the past before, um, but I think just based on how how much it feels like a sequel that was meant to come out 15 years ago, kind of when you stack it up against modern Metroidvanias, you know, games, other games that have innovated in the same genre that this game pioneered, that are indie titles that are bigger or longer or more innovative and, you know, half the price, it kind of makes it hard to justify that. Um, but, you know, it is you know, you pay the price, you pay the price. It's real, real good. It's worth, it's worth playing if you're, if you're a fan of the series. Um, and it's, yeah, as, it's as tough as it is, it's also quite friendly to, to newcomers in terms of the, the story and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm giving that one an 8.5. Yes. Decent. Yeah, nice. So I have no questions because I've never played these. So jump awesome. in everybody. I've n- never played a Metroid game. Sorry, Eva. Is this sorry? Is this a first one that, like, is this a good first one to jump into? Or do you I mean, think kind of? I mean, like, it's the f- like Nathan the fourth. I want to say the fourth story wise in its like little kind of continuation. Um, yeah. But the last one was like fifteen years ago. So or is it yeah? Is, is it? <laughs> or maybe the fifth. Yeah, Metroid, Super Metroid, Metroid 2, Fusion, this. Okay. Um, oh, but, nice. yeah. Yeah, like, if you like if you like Metroidvanias and you like challenging, you know, side-scrolling action games, it's definitely worth playing. Like, the, the story, like, you could watch a, you know, breakdown or it kind of gives you a breakdown at the beginning as well. It's, like, it's not the most overly complex lore. No, um, really. But it's definitely, so. definitely more rewarding if you kind of know what you're, what everything is about going in. Yeah, I think that's what I wanted to know. Is like, if I literally knew nothing about Metroid, am I still going to still enjoy it? Yeah. yeah. Every time I play a Metroid, I 
honestly forgotten all the lore and content <laughs> That's it. for yeah. it. So, <laughs> and I've enjoyed it. So, yeah, I, I would say... It gives you enough. Go in blind, I think, because I effectively think I will be. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since I've played one. But I'm so eager. Thanks for, thanks for the review. Welcome, all right, man. so you also played... I'm not sure if you mentioned it um, where you were talking because I was doing some emailing stuff. But did you mention that you played it on the new Switch? Well, no. So that's the that's the second part of this equation. Oh, um, spoiler. Oh, you led me on. Mm. <laughs> oh, good. Um, that was good. Yes, yes, I did play Metroid Dread on the OLED. Uh and it definitely benefits from it. it. It definitely feels like a game designed with that sweet, sweet OLED screen in mind because there are lots of cool highlights and neons and really dark and areas and lots of high contrast areas. Um, but uh, I've also just spent a lot of time in general with the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Um, and it is very, very nice. Yeah. I, th- I think it goes without saying, but the screen looks phenomenal. Um, and I don't think I ever realized how underwhelming the Switch's screen is until I stacked it up against this. Um, and I, I know if you've ever like met a PS Vita fan, they love to rave about that OLED screen on the original model. And they're, they are right. Like there's just nothing can beat it. Um, and this has the advantage of also being... Uh, 0.8 of an inch larger than the original model. So it only looks nicer. It is... Adam's raising his eyebrows. Yes, Adam, (laughs) 0.8 of an inch can make a huge difference. Damn right. Um, It is definitely more... uh, It has more of a use case for playing as a portable machine than the the original Switch has ever had. Um, Nathan's cat. Lots of distractions. Um, It's not something... After, you know, after having a, a, a good amount of time with it, I don't think that I would have considered upgrading from my original Switch uh, that I was mostly using on TV anyway. So if you've got a Switch already, there's probably not too much reason to upgrade unless you're like 90% playing portable and you want the, like the bigger, nicer screen Um uh, especially like, especially if you're playing multiplayer portable, which is probably not something not many people are doing, but Nintendo love to like put that in their like lifestyle shots and marketing of like, you know, four people crowded around playing NBA on a bloody portable switch. Wait, so are you um, saying that you haven't gone to the top of the high rise building and played <laughs> have with not. all of your friends with skateboards? I have not, unfortunately. Um, but between the, um, between the bigger screen uh, and the improved kickstand, which is a godsend um, that goes all the way along the back of the console versus the piddly little kind of kicker that is on the OG model. Um, it also kind of opens uh, soft, like softer and, and sort of stays where it is as well. So it's just better in every aspect. Oh, can I just ask then? Sorry, you might have just answered my question, but because of the wider kickstand now, does that mean, um, I guess it doesn't have that, on off <laughs> flexibility that the the flimsy one on the other one does so it's like a, no, it's all built in it's it's quite rigid and, and kind oh, of good. sticks where you where you flip it out to so that's like that feels like it should have been on the original model mm-hmm. um, yeah never liked the flimsy a, little bit it's a it's a it's a very nice bonus to have 
um, as is the LAN port in the dock that comes with the Switch Relay model, which replaces the internal USB port. Um, again, feels like a feature that the OG should have just had anyway, but um, it's definitely a nice bonus if you are upgrading or you're buying a Switch for the first time and you're opting for, for the OLED. Um, and that's kind of like, that's the crux of it really. Like if you've already got a Switch, uh, there's probably not too much reason to upgrade um, unless, you know, you really, really, really want that new screen. But if you're buying a Switch like first up, or you're buying a second switch or you you know anything like that like I wouldn't I would 100% go the OLED straight up for the extra 80 90 bucks like the difference is incredible do you think um, that this should be Nintendo's flagship model going forward like do you think this I should feel, like it almost feels like it should replace the existing one but That's I know what that I mean, they yeah. want to I know that they want to keep that price point mm. um so I guess that makes it harder um but like yeah, if you don't have a Switch and you're planning on buying one, you can you can ignore the old model completely. Yeah. I feel like having being that they have the Switch Lite now, having this, I think maybe just the Switch Lite, and from what you've said, the having the OLED might be. Yeah, you know, that seems like the the way that they they should go. Whether they will, I mean, it's Nintendo. Who knows? They'll do what they want. But yeah, yeah. Um, but and I mean, the good thing is it's compatible with the all the all the same accessories. Um. Uh, disappointing that there's no improvement to the Joy-Cons, but that is what it is. Like, it, you know, it means that you get to use the existing stuff. Um, it works in the existing dock. If you have a Switch already and you want to use it in another room, um, it's ever so slightly wider than the original model, so hard cases probably won't work, but anything else will. Um, so that's that's good as well. You know, it kind of fits in with the family nicely. Nice. Oh, uh, just one question. How much... Mm. Is it again? It is $539 Australian dollars. Is that right? I think 539 or $549. I think and how much was the Switch right when it launched originally? Same. No, the, okay. one, the other Switch wasn't 539 I thought was the it, normal Switch like has always been 469 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, 539 is correct, by the way. So, so sorry. So how much is... This one? Oh, sorry, as in, what's the what's the difference between this one and and the OG when it launched? Uh, like eighty, uh, seventy bucks. Yeah. Okay. And would you say yeah. there's more than seventy dollars worth of improvements there? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Cool. All right. Um, if we don't really we don't score hardware, so I'm not going to score it. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to score it. <laughs> Is it having, how do I phrase this question? Okay, so having gone hands-on with it, let's just say that that model that you have, uh, you had to give back, for example, you know, it, it was just like a, you know, you were at an event playing with it. Uh-huh. Having, and you still had your existing Switch, is the upgrades enough for you to go out and purchase it? Like, would you, uh, what not- do you think that, for your needs? And it, I would have I would have said no because I, I use my switch predominantly on my TV. I don't really use it portable that much. Um, so I would I would have said no like you know the extra you know even after selling my switch the, the difference there probably would have been too much for, to justify it. But that said, I will use this portable now. 
Like I think it's it, it's encouraging me to actually use it portable um, and kind of use it differently because the experience is actually worthwhile now compared to the other one. So um, that doesn't answer your question. Uh, I, I probably would. Sort of. I, I probably, nice. like okay. after getting a taste of, of what what it can be portable now, I probably would have considered upgrading, yeah. Is anyone here with a Switch thinking of upgrading to the OLED? The only reason I'm not upgrading, like kind of like what Kieran said, I played mine mostly docked. But if it wasn't for that, I mean, my mine's an Animal Crossing Switch, so I, I don't know if I... I, so mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if my heart can take the separation from, you know, I guess you know, getting rid of that one and getting the slightly bigger screen, like whether this, you know, I was really interested to hear what Kieran had to say about the OLED screen and stuff and whether it was worth that upgrade. Is anyone else thinking of doing that at some stage or? I cancelled my pre-order last week. (laughs) (laughs) And it's no slight on the technology and it's no slight on Nintendo. I just had to think to myself, what are the odds knowing Nintendo in the past with you know game boys and ds's what are the odds that 12 months time they give us the 4k one that we know has been sort of teased on the horizon can i justify upgrading again in 12 months i think that's a very valid point Mm -hmm. i think i think i'll wait and uh, my biggest gripe with my switch is the battery life being about what three hours on an og do you have oh yeah um i only would use it on the train to work and back before charging it, which it happily suffices with, I'm probably okay. I, I, I probably don't use it enough to get the OLED, but it's really cool. It that's cool. Some, that's something else that I should mention, actually, while we're talking about it, is the battery life is ever so slightly less from... I mean, I've only had it for, like, a little while, so it's hard to make a, a thorough comparison, but so far... Um, seems like very slightly less than the second version of the OG Switch. Yeah, right. So it's still um, probably like a good four hours or so. I, I was getting like three to four hours with Metroid. And that's like, at I was using that screen at like 90% brightness as well because it obviously looks super, super nice. Yeah, okay. Ooh, Metroid. Very, <laughs> very nice. All right, let's uh, go to the final thing we're going to talk about tonight. Um, and Bianca can kick us off because her and I got to check out uh, a few hours of Battlefield 2042 early on Monday um, with Bianca putting up some gameplay and an article. Uh, and then all of us have now gone through and played the open beta. But Bianca, you were the first mm. to, to uh, make the plunge and you're a, you're a bit of a Battlefield fan. Yeah. So tell us, tell us what you thought. Um, overall, really enjoyed it. I, I have to admit, I w- was a bit nervous, um, just uh, about the game because there is obviously no campaign in this one this year. Everything's multiplayer focused. They said they're going to be working on the game as a live service, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think I again, obviously, what we played is going to be the same as what everyone will play in the beta. Uh, this week or starting now um, as uh, what they called as still a older, earlier build. Um, So I know it's not the final product, but I knew that whatever I did play, it had to um, pull out some really 
big stops to hook me in and you know they're boasting their 128 player maps and talking about how dynamic the maps are and to be able to get to do that hands-on um I was I was pretty impressed I think the level of engagement I think players can have with the map on both um uh, levels big and small um so the for those of you who don't know um going into the beta this week uh, you'll be playing a con- uh, conquest on a map called orbital um and it's a it's a really nice looking map it's huge so we, we played i need to clarify we played on pc um and i did have to <laughs> turn down my settings a little bit so my poor computer could run it um but it's um yeah it's it's really really impressive um we, what you'll find depa- uh, depending on how long you play the beta for there's some really cool things they've introduced like environmental hazards like in orbital there should be i think they said it was a 10 percent or you know one in 10 chance of there being a tornado uh ripping through the map which i didn't get to experience unfortunately so I'm just going to use all my time this week to get amongst it um and really uh, push the limits and see what that's like um but yeah I just I think with the different specialists now like there you have to pick specialists instead of class and it's still very familiar with the class system but I think each of the different abilities the specialists have and how they've constructed that is really interesting and feels quite fresh um in the beta as well, you'll notice you'll be able to change the loadout of your weapon mid-match as well, which I think is really cool, apart from just mucking around with it in the deployment screen. Um, so being able to do that in different combat situations on the fly is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, they really had to make this multiplayer mode impressive. And when we when Zach and I did this event, we only... Um, heard about just the standard multiplayer modes they weren't talking about hazard zone which i believe is going to be their multi battle royale mode um and they weren't talking about portal just yet they did say they were going to be talking about that at a later date uh but yeah i think um battlefield players uh you should definitely jump onto the beta when available because it will get your heart racing and the scale of these maps is uh, not something to be ignored for sure. I'm I'm chuffed and I'm eager to jump back onto it again. But I also want to know what everyone else thinks now. Now that I know a lot of you guys here have now played it, um, is there anything that stands out to you guys from what you've played of it so far? So I just want to jump in very very quickly um, because I was sort of half listening, half doing shit in the background. Did we discuss the old Zach Jackson or? special? That is, yeah, I know, right? I'm just I'm very. Busy What's the question, tonight. Zach? Sorry, so did we discuss what the actual what the open beta is like? What we played? Yeah, yeah. So it was Conquest on Orbital. Yeah, cool. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, cool. Did, I just wanted because I was because I was reading it, and I imagined like, did I hear it or am I just imagining <laughs> like the, the words on the screen? Um, yeah, cool. She covered it. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer that there was only one map. I think, um, even though the map is fucking large. Uh, I do feel, even though we had like super fun, I would definitely love to see what um, other maps they have. But you know, you can't ask for too much in a open beta. But um, on Monday, I had I was getting, I mean, I, I get smoked regularly in that battlefield. But I was coming Monday with was the just, revives on on Zach. That's it. Trying Someone to be the hero. 
Sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> see, it, it's funny because um, to like when we played tonight, I I was a bit better. Like once we sort of got going, but on Monday we um a tiny bit yeah. Um, on Monday we had like influence. Uh, what, are they influencers? Sure, whatever. Bit of everything. Um, like, yeah, All right, Grandpa. Game. Fuck it, hell. <laughs> more, um, um, you know, more like content creators um, than than influencers. Anyway, but uh, some of them are fucking good, man. They're like field guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just dominated me. No, I was seeing they some of like me, uh, my favorite YouTubers in that server and I just kind of accepted my death at that point. I was like, like it's been a good time. <laughs> At least when we're playing the open beta, um, you know, I'm with people like me who are just here for a good time. So to to uh, clarify for, for everyone, people like Zach, uh, people who jump in a Humvee and don't you, don't touch a weapon for a good 15 minutes and try to just rack up kills by running people over. So the correct kind oh, of battlefield player. Well, that's the opposite. Means the guns and wondering why <laughs> yeah. he can't drive. I'm pressing yeah. R2, bro. Which, it's not going which ones I'm accelerate? The there are only bullets coming out of this long tube. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a tank driver. You know, I, I, I don't have my tank license. But we had but we had one moment um, when Bianca and I played and I was, she was messing around with her loadout or something and I was waiting in this car for like probably like a minute or so. I'm like, I'm, I'm just surprised. Like I did the... Um, I didn't die before that. Anyway, she finally gets out, ready to go, and I'm like, let's do it. We are going to just fang across this this countryside, turn straight into a rock, die within like a <laughs> 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 It's fucking bullshit. Um, was that the same time where you're like, was that a bush or was that a rock? You're just like... Yeah, that, was, that was when like the like the magical bush stopped me. Yeah, the magical uh, bush. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, the magical then. bush has never stopped you in the past, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, uh, broken. you you mentioning having a moment, I think that's like that's always been a core part of Battlefield is these big, like you're playing on these huge maps and you find these moments within gameplay. And like what we played for maybe an hour and a half and mm. we already had plenty of those. Several. Whether that be like actual serious moments where we, you know, barge in, take a, a control point or bullshit crazy moments like i managed to strap myself to the the rocket on orbital and i went 3.5 kilometers in the air while just the the battle was happening (laughs) below me like it is it's one map it's one mode but it already shows so much promise for those awesome big epic moments that you you Mm. expect from the series so i think that's great to see all of that potential just from one map on an open beta that's promising yeah i um i I actually um, have a few, and you'll see in the um, the article um, I have go up talk about a few Q and A's and stuff. But I didn't I didn't put everything in, um, and I'm just having a look through to see um, if. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so there were a few things I didn't put in, but I guess big Battlefield fans will maybe appreciate this. Um, there's no suppression system in 2042. Yeah. Um, they basically said they didn't want it to interfere with everything else that was going on. They decided to remove it from this game. Um, and that the health regeneration rate is slower than the previous games, which you guys probably would have noticed tonight. Um, but they are going to be fine tuning it because obviously they want the different classes to have their own strengths and to seem still valuable. So for example, I guess like your medic, um, you, you know, I, I guess 
it, it kind of puts the pressure on in a good way for you to try and strive to survive on your own terms rather than just relying on the fact that, oh, you know, if I hide behind this building or hide in this corner for a few seconds, my health will come back, you know, within a few secs. Um, so uh, I think that's probably important to note. Um, but, yeah, and another thing is, and I don't know if you guys mucked around with this, um, you can make the rocket explode. So before it, before it lifts off, if it receives enough damage, if, if it receives enough damage, it will explode. Um, otherwise, it will just go for lift off with no no dramas um but you can also ride it so why would you want well to- <laughs> i didn't even know you could ride it we're, t- we're pushing the limits um which is uh is fun and yeah um i think some, uh, going on to that as well when we're talking about battlefield moments um there was quite a few times that a lot of us who did get to play on monday night were saying how when the rocket would launch sometimes all of us around that rocket would stop fighting and we just watch it take off and it was just it was just I don't know, it's just a really cool touch. And it just, I, I've always loved the Battlefield maps. I've always just felt incredibly detailed. And um, this, I, I, I don't know, I just thinking about it just makes me so happy and hearing that Battlefield theme play as well. It's just, oh, I just, I, I've just got a big grin on my face because I'm just so chuffed getting a chance to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so ready to keep playing more this week with my mates. I'm, I'm so, so keen. <laughs> I've got a question for everyone here, probably more the, the Battlefield veterans. Um, so they've moved from 64 to 128 players. What, how do you find that? Do you think that that's, I mean, obviously the maps are, the, they, they're bigger, yeah? Like, I, I feel like they're bigger from my little memory of, yes. of Battlefield. Yep. I think, uh, yeah, so the, the size of the map deals with that increased player count really well, but not just that, the way they've split it up. So they have sectors that have multiple points within the sector and you need to control the majority of those points to control the sector to then whittle down the team's tickets, so on and so forth for for conquest. And I think because there are so many points of interest along the map, it spreads out that 128 players really well. Um, so there, there it doesn't really seem to be a great deal of, uh, there aren't really any dead zones where you're just kind of running and you're not interacting with either other players or enemies, or there's not, you know, some point of interest. Um, so like you were saying how there's, you know, it sucks. There's only one map being a, an open beta. I mean, sure. But luckily there's enough variation in the map. Like we played for yeah an hour and a half and I still don't think we really touched kind of the the upper left-hand side of the map at all. So I don't really know what's going on up there. So we'll have to jump in a helicopter with Nathan and hope that we actually make it there to find out. Um, But no, I I think the 128 is probably a a good spot for the size and and scale of the map that they've, that they've given us. Nathan, do you got any any, uh, thoughts on that? Look, I really like the fact that as, as, Adam said, we've got this map that's now distributed quite evenly for the player count, aided with the assistance of AI, making sure that the map (laughs) is full at all times. This doesn't have the problem previous battlefields have where you load into a, you know, a server that's 25% full and you're just wandering around looking for another soul. There's no downtime. There is something to do at all points. There's always something going on around you and it's very easy to just 
focus on one one part of the map for the entire game, and that and that's just going to be a skirmish that just keeps on giving. You're just going to keep finding little nooks and crannies and uncovering flying foxes and oh. parachuting around and there's just there's an adventure in every little corner of the map this is just that one map that's given us and and, and like like bianca said there's just so much detail there that you want to get into and it's like I, I the next time i play i want to tinker around a little more and see see what, what other little hidey holes i can find and play with and i know like um kieran here had a had a grappling gun he was like hooking himself up onto vents above like elevators shafts and that just like the dodgiest shit um you know manning entry points into into buildings and stuff like that just just from basically like he's bruce willis did into into like uh, a duct effectively <laughs> like just just the wacky yeah. stuff that you can do now with added tools like uh, like zip lines and i don't know there, there's going to be a lot to play with here this is a sandbox and this time you've got the tools that are just there to have fun like it, it's not taking itself seriously at all I think, or at least this is the least, at least it's felt like that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to like add on that as well. I think because of the way the map's constructed and uh, I can't remember who mentioned it, but how like in one zone or one area, there'll be two like capture points. Um, I think in the event they referred to them as clusters. So if you do want to get amongst the chaoticness that is happening in the battles, those are your go-to spots. But at the same time, there are those quieter areas where Maybe if you're not as much of a skill player, maybe if you just want to up your sniping game a little bit more, I feel like each area of the map still holds a bit of value no matter where you are. And because of the detail and different levels in the map in terms of vantage points, I think you can get pretty creative with it too. Um, and in the in the orbital map that we'll see um you know, when we play, there is just the one main tunnel that does run through the map. And they did mention, look, there's no other entry points instead of um, uh, the 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 two sides, I guess, of the tunnel because they want to make that area large and accessible for people going through vehicles um, and not so much having bloody campers and stuff trying to hook themselves up around the corners. And I think, I think it's cool they thought about those little things because if you have your own specialty, I don't know, like class or area that you, you know, love to take advantage of in the previous Battlefield games, I think there will definitely be something there for you. Um, whether you are pretty much running in with <laughs> without a thought <laughs> or uh, taking more tactful approaches to things, yeah, I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I think we all had a had a blast playing. Uh, Kieran, what, what's your quick quick thoughts on uh, what you've played? As someone who's never played a battlefield before. Uh, I now want to play more Battlefield. Mm-hmm. I know that I <laughs> yes. wasn't helpful, but for the first, <laughs> but for the first time in a multiplayer shooter like this, that didn't matter. And I don't know if in like in the long run that's going to just piss other people off, but like it's given me a good, uh, I guess like a good entry point. Like I found the fun in just being in the game, and it can only kind of get better from there, if that makes sense. Um, so, like, although I'm not useful now, I might be encouraged to be useful in the future after I'm done grappling around weird parts of the map and <laughs> jumping on rockets and uh, falling way too fast to the ground. Oh, man. Um, like a, like, <laughs> like a, an absolute meteor. 
landing right in front there of was me. What a time. The point where Adam and I had figured out how to ride the rocket without dying and gotten like two kilometers up in the air. <laughs> and then he like gracefully like kind of drops down to the ground and I just like splat after him. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you, you bring up a good point. Um, and this is something that I've definitely feel with the Battlefield series overall, probably more in, in this game, but even though I, I'm shit at it and I know I die way more than I kill people, uh, like I still have fun. Like, I, I'm not put off. Uh, you know, it, it's not bringing me down. Like, you know, I'm having yeah. a good time. That's it. it um, yeah, and that's what I do like about it. But Because the, there are games where I die a lot or I don't win or whatever. And I go, fuck this, this is this shit. Bad game. It's, all, it's, you know, it's definitely not the plan. Um but yeah, this is a uh, no. I'm I'm having fun. I'm having fun. But it also reminded me of the first. You know, when I said uh, there was another game I was playing and I forgot the title of it, I actually checked out Hell Let Loose. Yes. While, oh yeah. While Far Cry Six was updating this morning, um, has anyone here checked it out? I yep. Nathan, yep. Yeah, you did. Fuck! I must have spawned at the arse end of the map because there was no, nobody nah. for fucking. Ever. You just spawned, mate. That's yeah. just that's just how she goes, and you run at the pace of a fucking tortoise, so that doesn't help either. So it's yeah, she's a slog. Oh, and then I finally got to the old to the hot spot, and I died instantly. Yep. Uh, yep. That sounds. You played the right. game correctly. And I loaded back in and died again. It was a good time. And I finally got a kill. Fuck! I updated, closed it, uninstalled it. So yeah, I. I actually did the exact same thing. I then watched a, a uh, like a breakdown video or like a little mini review from some YouTuber and their opening remarks were, this game's really layered and what I don't want you to do is play the game for half an hour, get frustrated and then uninstall it. And I was like, oh, sorry, mate, I've got some really bad news for you, but that's ex- exactly what I've done. <laughs> that's three for three, my friend. Yeah. I'm in there. I, sorry. I don't think it's actually, I, I, don't, I don't think it's bad. I just know no. that for having played that, I'm never going to play it again. Yeah, that's... um, Because I did enjoy it, yeah. Nathan and I had that exact conversation as we were playing Battlefield uh, this evening. Uh, We, despite not enjoying it a great deal, we can definitely appreciate it and think it's it's awesome for uh, an indie dev to to bring out something to that scale and to that scope. I think it's fantastic. And I definitely think it'll have its fans, like it's got that cool... RTS cross FPS kind of thing going on with the officers and commanders. Uh, it's just not for me, and that's completely okay. That is completely okay, good friend. I I think a big part of it will also be similar to Battlefield, the, the people you play with. I don't think it's a solo-friendly experience. Mm-hmm. I would be sympathetic to playing it with a like-minded group that is willing to unravel it. Because I, I, I think calling it layered is fair. Like, I think there is a extraordinary depth there. But, yeah, it's, it's going to try your patience in the first few hours, I suspect. It's certainly tried ours. <laughs> um, it, it's actually developed by an Australian developer. So, shout-out to them. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's a really a really great feat on, on their behalf. So, I really hope it does well. And I hope being on... PS Plus gives it a, a good platform for for people who are aren't like us and are, are better at the game to to get a chance to play it. 
How did you just find it? For, for the big PS5 PlayStation Plus lo- uh, lineup for this month, what did you think? Is this a good contender compared to previous months? Uh, it's. I think it's a good option because it lets people uh, play it. Um, sorry, hang on, sorry. It, it gives the game more more a player base. Sorry, is correct. What correct. I what I meant to say. Because um, I don't know if, if it if it would. It, it does have cross play. I think it asked me when I booted it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you can yeah, like all games, you can uh, turn it on or off. But yeah, I think ha- having it uh, on PS Plus, you know, sort of similar to being on Game Pass, I think gives it extra legs um whether those legs you know have any stamina time will tell but um it's fine i mean i'm yeah i'm okay with it not yeah. every month has to be a big triple a title agreed yeah i i think it's cool that uh a smaller indie game has gotten the the big spotlight this month so yeah i think it's good the only the only thing I would say against it um, is that, and not that it's really a fair comparison, but PS Plus versus Game Pass, you know, Game Pass is pretty pretty stacked this month. Yeah, agree, um, agree. So to have that as your main appeal for your free offering, probably a little bit weak. But uh, I, I'm 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 not one to complain about free games that I get with the service. So yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, speaking of Australian developed games, let's go straight into the news because the uh, Interactive Games Entertainment Association Australia, uh, sorry, the Australian Game Developer Awards were tonight. Um, actually, earlier tonight. I'm going to read through Explosion Network. Shouts to Dylan Blight there for doing this wrap up because I was going to, but completely forgot that that, that it was on tonight. Nice. Um, because, you know, I love supporting the Australian um, landscape. I'd just rather play Battlefield. With boys. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> uh, I lost the link. Here we go. So, the, I'll run through the winners for all the titles, but I'm going to save the juicy one for last. Uh, I'll go from the bottom up. Excellence in Emerging Games like me. was was, <laughs> was Video World uh, by Things for Human. Excellence in Ongoing Games was Pico Tanks by Panda Arcade. Excellence in Serious Games, Shamilla, uh, Chaos Theory Games, and the World Food Programme. Excellence in Mobile Games, The Oregon Trail, Game Loft Brisbane. Excellence in Accessibility Unpacking by Witchbeam. Excellence in Audio, The Artful Escape by Beethoven and Dinosaur. Yeah. Love that. Shout outs. Uh, Excellence in Narrative, The Forgotten City. Also big shout outs by Modern Storyteller yeah. there. Excellence in Gameplay, Webbed uh, by Spug Games. Shout outs to them. Uh, the Artful, uh, sorry, Excellence in Art, The Artful Escape. 100% agree. There, uh, again, Beethoven and Dinosaur. Uh, Studio of the Year went to Black Lab Games. Um, and there's some other stuff here, but I think it's just like industry stuff, so we'll we'll leave that. Um, but Game of the Year, which was, uh, the nominees were The Artful Escape, Webbed, and Unpacking. Who do you think won? Artful Escape. Yeah, I want to say Artful Escape. I would say Unpacking, but given it's not out yet, I don't know if they would have Well, given it's it funny the you should say that because that is exactly what I thought. How the fuck can a game that's not even released yet be nominated for Game of the Year? And also, how can it win Game of the Year? Uh, wow. Are you not, saying it did? 
I'm not good mad. on him. I'm just disappointed. No, I'm not. Mad. <laughs> um, no, I would, okay. I, I would love for the Artful Escape to win, but uh, nothing against unpacking because I think it looks, it looks good, but it's not out yet, so I don't know how they can, they can judge that. So, but congratulations for winning. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Congrats. I love that. The yeah, we'll definitely have a review later this year when it drops on November sometime, sometime in November. Nice. Um, yeah, saved it. Uh, okay. I've lost the doco. Where are we? News. Let's quickly go to this. Uh, new, the last Smash character was Sora. Uh, does anyone want to talk about that? Because I don't know who she is. He. Oh, they are. They, he, he. Sorry. He, he, he. Sorry. Good oh, boy. Oh, oh. All Mate. the Kingdom Hearts fans are going to come for you Mate. now. I just... <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I, I, I don't know anything about it. I'd... So, okay. So... <laughs> How much time do you have? I don't play or yeah, I don't I don't play Smash. I'm not good at it. I don't like it. Just not <laughs> not a fan. But I watched this live, even though I hadn't slept for like 40 hours almost, and it was 1 a.m. I watched it live. Um and somehow even before they'd started revealing the character and they just kind of had like a little bit of a flame on the screen and like Mario kind of like coming to life. What there was something about the way it was framed and the way it was lit. And I was like, it's motherfucking Sora. And I was right. Um, and I kind of felt like emotional because that's, that's, um, as they kind of revealed in the, in the reveal video, like that was the most requested character for smash. And they never told anyone about that. Cause they had a poll six years ago where they, you know, asked people to request their characters um, that they would like to see. And they, they never released the results of the poll because they didn't want people to see the most requested characters and then harass the IP owners of those characters into like putting it in Smash. So um, to know that Sora was the most requested character and they were kind of like finishing on him, um, I thought was really cool. Um, and he looks like a lot of fun to play. Uh, and yeah. Nice one. And a lot of people are excited. Yeah. I'm happy for every single one of those people. And they also announced that, the, you know, in keeping with the theme that the Kingdom Hearts games are coming to Switch, but only via cloud streaming, so we're not going to get them in Australia at all. Oh, that's bomb. Quick cue. Who would we have rather as a Final Smash character? Waluigi. Waluigi. Oh. Yeah, Radis from like the A man of taste. Shut up. Radis. <laughs> fuck okay. off, Zach. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking out of the box, but I'd definitely say Danny DeVito. What? Uh... Maybe you're thinking out of the box. I like that there's a maybe well, attached easy. to that. As well. <laughs> like, no, 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 but specific, specifically, it's always Sonny Danny DeVito. In so his wrestling like Guns gear. and bananas and shit. Yeah, definitely. Trash man. Yep, excellent. Wow. wow. I was also kind of hoping maybe Master Hand or Crazy Hand. I thought that would be kind of cool. I don't know how you would do it, but I thought that would be kind of a a cool little thing. But that's I it. agree, I agree. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Clive Palmer. Develop- <laughs> <laughs> is his, does his final smash involve the the Titanic too? <laughs> Maybe. He just takes out an ad spot in the game. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, the Friday the Thirteenth developers. Can't remember the name. Ilphonic. Ilphonic. Oh, that's it. They did that crap game called Dead Alliance. I'll never forget that one. Um, they're, they're making a new game, uh, but they're working on the Ghostbusters IP, um, according to the studio's founder. Uh, 
while speaking on the Quest Love Supreme podcast, Raphael Sadiq lets slip that the studio's next project is a Ghostbusters game, highlighted by recent era user Chair Home. Shout outs to Chair Home. Your Phonics co founder stated that the Friday the 13th is the last one. What? Oh, the, the actual quote that he gave is, is rough. <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's a, a conversational thing, but right. yeah, he just dropped it anyway. out of nowhere. How weird. Uh, are we expecting, given they've done pretty much multiplayer games, are we expecting a multiplayer thing? Yeah, probably. A couple of people play as ghosts. Other people chuck on a proton pack. I reckon that's probably the, the most likely situation. Nice. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic is getting a board game. Do the board game people want to chat about this or do we just want to read the headline and move on? Uh, there's not heaps to talk about in full honesty. It just got dropped on their Steam blog um, that it's a thing. Uh, still in prototype stages. If you go on to the, the article that I wrote, there's a, a few pictures there of their, their prototyping. But yeah, similar to the, the video game you'll be exploring in a cave uh, battling aliens cooperatively with some friends. So it should be a good time. Kickstarter coming next, next year. year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Next oh, really? Year. That, that's a very early... Um, like, Wait, do board games announce Kickstarters way in advance like that? Yeah, they'll yeah. announce Kickstarters after the prototype's been released because oh, okay. they'll de- they'll change development based on feedback. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, PS5 games are getting trials... Um, it looks like it's only available in the UK, so they're trialing trials. Um, so looks like it's you a, get to play a little weird. bit. Of, yeah, Hound, you get to play a brief period of the game. So yeah, it's it's a time limit of. Oh no, each each game is different apparently. Um, so Death Stranding is six hours, and Sackboy is five, for example. But it's also um, it starts as soon as you hit download. So if you've got a shit-ass internet connection, um, that probably goes all, all year trial. It's so ass-backwards. It's such a weird a weird way of doing it. And if you have like a... Yeah, say your your internet, which shout out to, to Internode, has some sort of outage or slowdown, it just... Uh, there goes all your, your game trial time. That's... Yeah, it's weird. Very bizarre. Love that. Uh, it, also, back onto board games, a Resident Evil board game has been announced. Fuck a- yes, this looks mint. So the it's by Steamforged Games. Uh, they've already done Resident Evil 2, they've done Resident Evil 3. Uh, now they're going back to the OG Resident Evil, but they're switching it up a bit. Where the uh, 2 and 3 were like predetermined campaigns and set stories, this is more akin to Betrayal at House on the Hill where you have to discover the the Spencer mansion. So it, it evokes that kind of, those animations of the doors slowly opening in the original game, it kind of evokes those sort of feelings. So I am going to be all over this. The Kickstarter goes live next month. I'm going to throw money at it because I think it, it sounds fantastic. And Steamforge do absolutely phenomenal minis. So I'm, I'm keen as a bean. Do you remember... Um... Is it Nightmare, the old, old board game with the VHS? I yes. Nightmare. Yep. Yep. They should do that for the Resident Evil board game. I would be so all over that you, if it was just, just super cheesy. You just have, on the video, it's just the, the door animation. So every time you go through a door, someone just pushes play. Amazing. <laughs> they, should, they should do that. Like, driven. They should do that, but like in v, with a VR headset. So one person's in VR 
and the other ones are playing the board game. And every time there's a door, the VR person has to like physically like open it. <laughs> it's so involved. Oh it's my like, god! Um, keep talking and no one explodes. Yeah. Yes. Someone in the VR yeah, yeah, yeah. Just steering things. Doesn't <laughs> tell me why they haven't made like VR board games. Like surely you can. They have. Oh, you have. Oh, not you have. But yeah. really, amazing. Yeah, it's a thing. Huh. Look at me. Stuck in. Look at you, learning stuff. I can't remember. There is a popular <laughs> one. I think it's in beta. So it's on the way. Mm. Uh, some very, very other quick, quick news. We'll just go through it. There's a new Ghost Recon Battle Royale free-to-play thing. Uh, it's called Ghost Recon Frontline. It's another addition to Ubisoft's fucking Battle Royale. Enough is enough. Roster. Mm. Sorry. They're trying. Yeah, it's just... No. Uh, which data has leaked? Definitely not the things that are posted in here. Um, yeah, so Twitch data is leaking, including passwords, uh, potential like payout inf- information for creators and other stuff. So if you have a Twitch account, um, you might want to change your password. Um, not good. And more games are coming to Game Pass. Uh, Visage. Visage. And what else is coming? Blood, uh, I saw. Yeah, Back for Bloods on the way. Also, the the game that I don't know whether you played it or not, Zach, but the the one that you had your eye on at least, which was the Procession, the Procession to Cavalry. Cavalry. Fuck yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Wait, Kieran, and and, and I'm buying it. Did you have to play it? Yeah, I finished it. Did you finish it? Yeah. You mad ass. I platinumed it, mate. <laughs> of course you did. Wow. Not just finished did. it, platinumed it. Did you really? Yeah. Fucking king. Yeah, he, he slotted it in amongst his nine reviews that week. I, I was like, I, I got to like one part and I was like, oh, I fucked up because I killed that person right at the start. I want to go through and play it again. Haven't been back. You just yeah. went and finished it like an absolute beast. What yeah. do you think? You never told me. It was great. Oh, anyway. I swear. Awesome. Oh, okay. I, I, sorry, I thought we had that conversation, but apparently no. not. Apparently not. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out if you like point and click and Monty Python and just good shit. Uh, Back for Blood's coming tabs, whatever that is. Um, totally accurate. Awesome. Battle Simulator. Yeah, oh, finally okay. coming out of uh, early access. It's the full game now. Ring of Pain is coming. Um, yeah, I'm down. The Good Life. So another Kieran Kickstarter, I think. Sure is. is. Yeah. Is that sweary? I was, yes. For a second, I was like, I don't know if they've like... I don't. I feel like there's probably not that much swearing in it. And then I realized. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, swear sixty five. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, um, what a funny folk. Yeah. And then Riftbreaker, and then Destiny Two Beyond Light. Cool. Oh, Kieran, fuck man. There's another review that you can talk about. Jet, Jet the Far Shore. Oh. Give us, give us yeah, one. Yeah, we minute. glossed over Jet the Far Shore. Another review that I'd published since the last podcast. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so, I Uh-oh. know next to nothing about this game. What actually is it? So it's a, it's a, it's an exploration and narrative indie game, uh, and it's by Super Brothers, who made Sword and Sorcery EP, and that game was excellent. Um, and it kind of just like, it's about this this group of people that are kind of on this religious pilgrimage but also it's taking them to a new planet to inhabit um and it kind of deals with a lot of really cool themes about like the intersection of like religion and science and 
people's personal religious experiences and how that informs, um, you know, how they function in society and what they, what they kind of strive towards. Um, but it plays like absolute dog shit and I fucking hated every second of it. Um, that's upsetting. Which is really, it's really sad because mm. it's very cool and all the ideas that it has are very, very cool. Um, and if, if it was, you know, if I wasn't having to like drag myself into playing it every time I booted it up, um, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more, but yeah. Nice. All right. Um, anyone trying to quickly go through some off topics? Has anyone watched Squid Game? I feel like that's going to be a main topic. Can you I know, haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm about to watch <laughs> episode one. I got okay. There was Nathan so was much going on Nathan, just then. Nathan's starting it this weekend. No. Yep. yep. Yeah. Bianca once hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going yeah. to. I just want to finish What If first. <laughs> Kieran yes. has seen it. I missed what Kieran said. I've watched the first episode okay. and I really, really want to go back to it, but I just haven't had time. Okay, cool. We won't say much then because I've seen seven episodes. Um, yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll, I'll save some thoughts uh, for next time when we can have a bit of a yeah. talk about it. I really, I'm, I really dig the, I want to watch more. It's like a mixture of like Fall Guys and like the original Battle Royale, like, manga slash movie. Yeah, yeah mm. nice. That's it. That's what I want. It sort of reminded me... What's that Japanese um, game show? Takeshi's Castle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except without the... But, like, with blood. Is it true that one person, only one person, ever actually made it through Takeshi's Castle? I wouldn't doubt it. Those are all dead. That game show is so, so brutal. It's rough. Not as good as Gladiators, though. How good back in oh. the day. My boy Vulcan. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. I've, I watched something that's got it all. I um, So, I mean, this is probably old by the time this goes live, but Sex Education Season 3. Oh. The show has it all. You missed the... the blown away. missed the chat last week. Beautiful. Oh, I was Fantastic. Really, I'm just delighted. It, it, was, it started as a great show. Season 2 was, yeah, I want more of this. Season 3 blew me away. Like, I yeah. think probably my favorite season and it just pushes every boundary without ever drawing attention to itself it's just normal like we're dealing with the way it handles disability non-binary just so many things that are on the periphery of my attention and, and knowledge on the day-to-day handles with such bold gusto and, and and just doesn't draw any attention to itself i'm blown away and saw the dave Chappelle special last night tuesday night the closer no dave Chappelle's. no Shame. Oh, well. The few people that listen to the potty and watch the Dave Chappelle podcast will know what I mean when I say... Oh, watch this podcast. Listen. Will know what I mean when I say it was very uncomfortable. Mm. It was extremely uncomfortable. Challenging. Funny. But very uncomfortable. Okay. Nice. Bianca, you got anything for us or... Um, well, hopefully next week, if any other Marvel fans have seen What If, we can chat about that then. Yeah, yep. I haven't watched I've, the finale yet, but I've watched every other episode, and uh, I'm I'm so so keen. Yeah, we're here with you. I got about yeah. five minutes in to the to the last episode before I started playing Battlefield, so I'll I'll duck <laughs> off and uh, finish that off tonight. Oh wait, have you not seen it yet? The the final episode? No, not yet. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like last week's. No, um, no, 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 like the episode nine from that dropped today. <clears throat> last week's was sick. 
Yeah, last week was good. Banger. I've just been watching the Sam uh, Raimi's Spider-Man um, with ah, my sister at the moment because she doesn't remember them that much and she's only obviously very little. Um, and um, obviously, you know, it's been a little while since those movies came out, so she's like, oh, you know, the animation, and I'm like, just, you know, suck it up. This is, like, my Spider-Man that I had when I was your age, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm making her respect the classics uh, before, you know, the new one comes out, and if rumours are true, you know, she might recognise a few people, hopefully, hopefully. I'm just, I'm too scared of getting hyped up for the new Spider-Man movie just in case it's not everything everyone's guessing it to be, but, you know, we can only hope. Absolutely. Nice. Very, very, very nice. All right, let's wrap it up there. Let's all go back to Battlefield, maybe, question mark. Yeah, getting some nods. Hell yeah. I shouldn't, but I think you might have talked. But you will. But you mm. so just some very 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 quick housekeeping. Not even really housekeeping. Just some shout outs because we love shout outs here. Uh, Aran has put up a review for Rainbow Billy: The Curse of the Leviathan, which is a point and clicky platformy game. I can't remember. I've given her a few titles. I can't remember which which ones which now. Um, Kieran Stockton did a review for BPM Bullets Per Minute, which is like a uh, I don't know, like a rhythm based first person shooter with metal so if you like that go check it out and mark uh, Isaacson did a review for alan wake remastered which is up on the website as well um so yeah if you go check those out go check out any of the reviews we've talked about tonight they'll all be there ready for you to click on and give us some advertising revenue we love that here <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah thank, thank you for listening and there's actually a gameplay video that bianca's put up for battlefield 2042 so definitely check that out give it a like share, subscribe, all that YouTube stuff that you do. Uh, and we will see you next week on the podcast, www.will-play.com.au. See ya. See ya. Farewell and Bye. goodbye. Bye.